Chapter Seven of Frank Merriwell at Yale, or Freshman Against Freshman. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Frank Merriwell at Yale, or Freshman Against Freshman, by Bert L. Standish. Chapter Seven: A Surprise. It was singular how quickly Browning learned that Merriwell had contemplated working a job on him. It seemed an absolute certainty that someone of the party in Merriwell's room had gone forth and blowed. Who had done so was a question. As was the most natural thing, considering his dislike for the fellow, Frank felt that Raul Ditson was the tell-tale. Of this he had no proof, however, and he was too just to openly condemn a man without proof. It was certain that Browning had learned all about it, for he sent word to Merriwell to go slow. At the same time, in all public places, he avowed the utmost contempt and disregard for the freshman who had done up Diamond. The boy is altogether too new, Browning sneered. What he needs is polishing off, and he is bound to get it. Now, Frank had won admiration from the sophomores, and there were one or two who did not like Browning, and would have given not a little to have seen him beaten at anything. This being the case, it is not surprising that Merriwell received an anonymous note warning him to keep in his room on a certain evening and look out for squalls. Frank knew Brownie would not come alone, and he determined to be prepared. He gathered ten stout freshmen and had them come to his room early on the evening mentioned. The curtains were drawn closely, and the arrivals were astonished to see a lot of Indian toggery piled up on tables and chairs imitation buckskin suits feathered headdresses bows arrows tomahawks and so forth on merriwell's table was a full supply of indian red grease paint oh say guess ned stover's eyes bulging what's this a powwow outfit this is the result of the idea you fellows gave me when you spoke of capturing scalps the other evening laughed frank select your suits gentlemen and proceed to make up make up what for just you make up, and I will tell you what for afterward. Merriwell's influence was sufficient to induce them to obey, and he aided them in the work. Blake grazes, I mean great blazes, chuckled Rattleton as he rubbed the war paint on his face. Won't we make a bloodthirsty gang of robo Ned men, er, noble red men? The boys aided each other, and Frank assisted them all. Aren't you going to make up, Mary? asked Bandy Robinson not now i am to be the decoy the decoy what's in the wind anyway well i have pretty straight that some sauce led by browning are coming to take me out for an airing tonight. Ed, take you out yes and he means to take them in laughed rattleton arranging a ward bonnet on his head that's just it nodded frank if they come here we'll be ready for them if they do not come we'll call on mr browning I am afraid this is a rather serious matter, said Dismal Jones. Oh, don't begin to croak, cried Rattleton. Merriwell knows his business. Hurry up with your makeup. Can't tell how early the softs will call. So the boys hastened to complete their disguise, and a decidedly savage-looking band they were when all was completed. Frank surveyed them with satisfaction. Ah, my bold warriors, he cried. I'm proud of you. Tonight we deal the enemy a terrible and deadly blow. We're ready to hear what the layout is, eagerly said Ned Stover. 
well you are to retire to robinson's room which is exactly opposite this and wait i have two fellows outside to let me know when the enemy approaches and to take hand in the game at the right time when i whistle you are to make your way into this room if you have to break down the door that's all the boys retired to robinson's room where they smoked and waited with great impatience frank sat down and coolly went at his studies nearly an hour passed and then there was a sound of wheels outside the sound stopped before the door a few moments later someone ascended the stairs and there came a knock on the door come in called frank the door opened and Raul ditson sauntered in smoking the inevitable cigarette hello mary he cried looking around all alone all alone ditson yawned frank it's beastly stupid but i am having a hard pull at my studies better come out with me and get a little air it's stuffy here oh you'll have to excuse me tonight i don't believe i'll go out ditson urged but frank persisted in refusing Rawl stopped near a table and picked up a stick of grease paint hello what's this he exclaimed aren't going into amateur theatricals are you mary oh i don't know smiled frank i may do a turn ditson looked at mary well curiously as if in doubt concerning his sincerity but frank simply continued to smile indian red said Rawl, reading the lettering on the stick you don't mean to become a big chief do you perhaps so well you are pretty sure to become a big chief here at yale old man said ditson with apparent earnestness you will be a leader here some day think so oh i'm dead sure of it thank you merriwell yawned again oh come on ditson urged you're stupid from digging over these books come out and have a walk no you won't you'll have to excuse me tonight ditson all right but say i came near forgetting something as i came in there was a fellow down to the door who said he wanted to see you a fellow who was it don't know some of the students i think oh if that is the case go down and bring him up ditson you can open the door and let him in without disturbing mrs harrington all right nodded Rawl. sorry you won't come out old fellow you'll get grouchy good night good night ditson went out and frank heard him descending the stairs there'll be music in the air muttered merriwell as he lay back in his chair elevating his feet to the top of the table but the surprisers are liable to be surprised he heard the front door creak often he wondered why mrs harrington did not grease the hinges frank had good ears and it was not long before he was sure he could hear rustlings and whisperings in the hall then one person seemed to ascend the stairs very slowly but he made out that there were two or three others with that one the others stepping as softly as possible merriwell remained cool and apparently quite unaware that anything unusual was taking place the footsteps reached the head of the stairs and advanced to the door on which there was a distinct knock come in frank once more called the door was promptly flung open and into the room strode a person who was wrapped in a big overcoat and wore a wide-brimmed hat slouched over his eyes his face nearly to his eyes was covered with bushy whiskers hello exclaimed frank as if surprised who are you sh hissed the stranger with a warning gesture are we alone yes where is your roommate out the fellow whistled sharply and the next minute four masked lads appeared at the door and leaped into the room one of them slammed the door shut and the others sprang at frank merriwell flung a book at the first one and it struck the fellow's mask tearing it from his face 
the well-known countenance of bruce browning was exposed good evening brownie cheerfully called the lively freshman as he darted behind the table i've been expecting a call from you grab him directed browning get hold of him frank was on the point of uttering a whistle but it was not required for the whistle that came from the lips of the disguised fellow had served as a signal to the painted braves there was a bang at the door which flew open as if assaulted by a catapult and into the room poured the disguised freshman the indians leaped upon the mass sophomores and for a short time a very sharp struggle took place bruce browning did his best to escape from the room but three of the savages laid hold of him and he was finally subdued out of the house with them as soon as possible ordered frank come on two or three of you we must nail the hack and the fellows outside down to the door he led the way mrs harrington came out into the hall caught a glimpse of the painted faces uttered a wild shriek of terror and dodged back slamming the door already said frank as he prepared to open the front door already panted harry rattleton close behind him don't let anybody get away warned merriwell i will look after the driver go ahead creek open swung the door and out into the night leaped a youth who seemed to be hotly pursued by four painted and bloodthirsty appearing redskins the hack was standing exactly as frank expected it would and he was on the box with the driver at two springs it's all right he asserted we've got the fellow up there though he did kick up some a part of our gang was rigged up like indians and they nipped him all right it's the divil's own set his students are muttered the driver have you hurry i'll stay to take him away but i'll not remain here long for it's the cops will be down on us right away we'll get away ahead of the cops don't fear that declared frank they're bringing him downstairs now we had to take two or three others with him but but we'll not bother with them long ah the poor freshman said the driver i'll not like to be in his place this night he was completely fooled thinking all the time that frank was one of the party he had brought there to capture the freshman as they rushed out frank had seen a fellow standing near the open door of the hack and that fellow had promptly taken to flight at the sight of the indians two of whom pursued him hotly frank hoped that they would be able to overtake the fugitive for if one of the party escaped he would report to the softs who were bound to make a big hustle to rescue their captured comrades the disguised freshmen came downstairs bearing their captives who were swiftly thrust into the hack which was a big roomy old-fashioned affair as many of the freshmen as could do so piled inside and upon the hack and then frank gave the signal the driver whipped up his horse and away they went east rock said frank eh claimed the driver that's not where we were going in the first place we have changed the program east rock is where we are bound for now all right me boy the triumphant freshman felt like shouting and singing in jubilant mood and d rattleton could not refrain from letting off steam as he called it and he gave one wild howl of triumph that made the streets echo ump to de eight ump to de eight break it off sharply commanded frank want to let the softs know what we're up to i don't care they might raise a rescue party and follow us but they wouldn't frop any chust i mean chop any frost with us what's that came suspiciously from the driver and is it not sophomores you are yourselves of course we are returned harry instantly then what for do you yell umphity eight oh it's a way we have don't mind it but keep on driving if you want to retain your scalp pale face we are mighty bad injuns 
the driver knew how to pick out the darkest and most deserted streets by the time the outskirts of the city were reached the freshmen were bubbling over frank merriwell improvised a stanza of a song and in a few moments the entire band caught the words and the tune as the hack rolled along toward east rock the freshmen sang we belong to good old umpty eight for she's a corker sure as fate sure as fate we have met the sophomores and they're feeling awful sore so hurry for good old umpty eight umpty eight be gobs you're the queerest gang of sophomores i've ever seen cried the driver and not and it's not one av yez i remember taken up to the freshman's boarding house we have changed explained ned stover and it's the first change i have seen for a week declared harry rattleton i'm waiting to hear from the governor hold on said the driver i want to see the man that hired me he threatened to pull up but frank caught the whip and cracked it over the horses what do you want asked merriwell i want me pay now frank well knew enough that the driver had received his pay in advance but he was beginning to suspect that the party that hired him had come to grief and so he was exacting an extra payment from the victors look here driver said frank sternly i want your number what for in case it may appear later on that you have received money at two separate and distinct times for doing the same piece of work get up yelled the driver it's only fooling i were so the hack rolled on its way with the happy freshmen smoking and singing while the captive softs ground their teeth and railed at the bitter luck inside the hack dismal jones most hideously bedaubed was smoking a cigarette and brandishing a wooden tomahawk at the same time while he sat astride of bruce browning who was on the floor this is a sad and solemn occasion pale-faced crook dismal you have driven the noble red man from his ancestral halls which were the dim aisles of the mighty forest you have pushed him across the plains and you have tried to crowd him off the earth into the pacific ocean ugh you have pursued him with deadly firearms and still more deadly fire water you have been relentless in your hatred and your greed you have even been so unreasonable that whenever a poor red man has secured a few pale-faced scalps as trophies to hang in his wigwam you have taken your trusty rifles and gone forth with great fury and shot the poor indian full of hard bullets you have done heap many things that you would not have done if you had not done so but now poor shivering dog of a pale-face the injured red man has arisen at last in his might if we are to perish we are to perish but before we perish we will enjoy the gentle pleasure of roasting a few white men at the stake ugh we have held a council of war we have excavated the hatchet we have smashed the pipe of peace to flinders or something of the sort and have struck out upon the war trail you act as if you had struck out growled one of the captives that's because he has a few balls gurgled browning talk about being burned at the stake that's not torture after being obliged to hail his breath my kingdom for some chloroform will somebody please hit me on the head with a trip hammer and put me out of my misery whither art thou bearing us great chief asked one of the captives we will bear you out yonder answered dismal at the stake you shall stand arrayed in the garments nature provided for you i don't care for tea murmured browning not even for repartee this is worse than being roasted at the stake muttered a soft in a corner it is severe punishment help cried dismal somebody take me out i can't get ahead of these miserable pale faces 
you'll get ahead if i ever find a good chance to give it to you declared the voice of puss parker from the darkness outside the painted savages were roaring farewell 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 my fairy fay oh i'm off to louisiana for to see my susiana seeing polly wally wootle all the day and thus the captured sophomores were borne in triumph out to east rock and as they were the ones who engaged the hack they paid for their own conveyance never before had anything like it happened at yale it was an event that was bound to go down in history as the most audacious and daring piece of work ever successfully carried through by freshmen in that college and frank merriwell was to receive the credit of being the originator of the scheme and the general who carried it out successfully End of chapter seven